about you, uh, the type of week that you've had, just the type of morning that you've had. Uh, I needed this this morning. And the reason why is because my heart needs an alignment. Each and every week, my heart needs realigned to walk in step with our Creator God, to walk in step with Jesus, because He gives us power and sustenance to do difficult things and to live a fruitful life so that we can have joy and peace and strength when times are tough. Past couple weeks, I've been going to the chiropractor, so I've been learning a little bit about alignment. When I when I, when I went in, I, uh, it was a new experience for me because some of the chiropractors that I've been to before uh, never did x-rays. And so this guy, uh, he did some x-rays. And what was amazing is when you go beyond skin deep and just how you feel, and he showed me the x-ray, I was able to see how far out of alignment I was. And what he prescribed was, he's like, you need an adjustment. And we started the conversation about what it looked like to get on a regular schedule of adjustment. At first, he was like, hey, it's so bad you need to be in here three times a week. I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do that. God, I need you to help me figure this out. And uh, we asked some questions. We were able to come up with a good, solid plan to where I was able to go in about once a week. And I share that story about the chiropractor primarily to say that getting an adjustment hurts. Man, I, I was so sore after that first day. I was like, it, just the aches and the pains, and I wasn't quite sure, like, did I make the right choice? And, and it's, it's funny because sometimes to get into the right alignment, it's gonna be, there's going to be a little bit of pain. There's going to be a little bit of discomfort. But what happens is now three weeks into my chiropractor appointments, the pain after the adjustment is less and less and less. And what's happening is they're talking about is you, you, my spine is starting to align so that it will allow me to keep my head up, to walk right, to not have a straight spine like I did like through the x-rays. And it was awful. But my basic, the reason I needed an alignment is because it was going to help me function well. The lives of Christians must align with the way of Jesus. And sometimes we have to come in and go to a checkup and have a good plan so that we know where our heart needs adjusted. Because let's be honest here in this room, we're far from perfect people. We don't always make the right choices. We don't always do what, what we know we should do and we choose something else. And so we need to have our heart aligned with God. And that's what's so powerful about mornings like this is because we can come together and help each other be aligned. We can open up the Word and we can look at passages and verses that help us align to the way of Jesus. And over these last several weeks, we've been looking at one of our values at Generations Church, give over get. And these values come about is because we know it's difficult to make the right choice every single time throughout the week. So the way in which we worded our values as a church is as a choice. One of them being give over 
get. So when you're in those difficult situations, when there's relational friction, when there is just a moment where it's you feel that prompting to maybe be a little generous and your experience, your past, the what-ifs start to creep in. And we have to go, no. The gospel, the way of Jesus demands that we live generously in all of life. Where we're looking to make a difference in the lives of others rather than wanting to receive more. Because honestly, that, that's what the barrier is, right? It's, it's, we start to look at ourselves and we start to, to protect ourselves and, and what about me? And so if I extend this generosity or I choose give in this moment, what if? What will happen? And we start to think in this self-preservation mindset because we go oftentimes, well, I want to get what I am supposed to get. And so we've looked at this series and there are very real barriers and habits that prevent us from living a life of holistic generosity in our relationships, how we use the gifts and skills that God has given us, and the perspective that we have on money. That final word right there, money. Some of you just went on the defensive. You've been in churches or haven't been in church because of this subject. And I hope that you've been journeying with us through this series to say that as we're going to talk about just money and finances this morning, that is a piece of the puzzle. It is not the total of the puzzle. And living generously is really about so much more than just your finances, but it does include your finances. And we can't simply just overlook or pretend that commands and the way of Jesus wants our pocketbooks to align with the way of Jesus. And so how we handle and think about money in relation to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus communicates the condition of our hearts because Jesus says so. Here's what I want us to do. On your teaching time notes there in and around you, you've got some space. I want you to write kind of three phrases, three words. The first kind of phrase that I want you to write is I want you to write the words not enough on there. And then I want you to, to, to leave a little space and I want you to write the word enough. And then I want you to write the word extra. Now we're going to do a little self kind of evaluation here. I'm not going to ask you to raise hands or put you on the spot. But as you think about your finances and your money, what's in your bank account. We'll get to that preposition before too long here in a second. Which one of these words describes you and your perspective on the, on the money that's in your account? Do you feel or think that you don't have enough? Are you someone who says, I have enough? And, are, and honestly, are you someone who, as you look at your life and the way in which you live, that you have extra And what you actually are and what you feel may be two different things. And I think every one of us, I just know one of the, the major causes of divorce because of fighting is money. 
where you feel and where you think may be different, but everyone falls within one of these categories. In this chapter, as we look at kind of Luke 20 into 21, this passage that we read this morning is surrounded by end times. It's Jesus talking about the age to come, about the way in which the world will change, how the difficulties that will come, the judgment that will come, that will basically will get looked at and say, do we have a right standing with God through our faith in Jesus? And Jesus begins to talk about this. He's sitting actually around the temple complex, as we saw in the passage. And he's just watching people. He has made his way to Jerusalem, where in a few short days and weeks, he will give up his life for us. And as he sits there, he makes some observations. He notices the people, in this case it's the Pharisees or the the scribes, where they're flaunting their wealth and give some money, which is a good and right Jewish custom. I don't want to sweep that away. Giving to God what is due him is a practice that we should all have because, again, it aligns our heart. But he makes some observations, and he talks about them. And then he calls out to his disciples, a widow. And he says, look, she's given two small coins. See, giving out of abundance is appreciated, but it costs little. And Jesus takes the cost associated in the flaunting of wealth with the scribes and contrasts it with this widow. And so her attitude and action serve as an example of how believers, how we should live. See, giving to God is part of communicating our dependence on him. And this dependence is evident through the amount that is giving and the heart behind the gift. This widow gives all she has. The text says two small coins or two small minas. John mentioned a word last week, denarius. And he talked about how this was a full day's wage. And essentially what the woman gives as her all is one one hundredth. Of that full day's wage. So she's broke. And she is relying. On the Jewish community. To support and care for her. That's why I said. At the start of the sermon. Is I need this community. We need each other. Because as we live a life. That's dependent upon God. And we know it begins to affect our finances. And our pocketbooks. And our checking accounts. And the spare change that we have in our cars. As it begins to affect that, we'll be challenged to say, should I really give this much? Maybe I'll give when I have more. And to the watching, the first century world, this specific act of giving echoes back to God as provider and that his people will help provide for each other. That's why I say I need this community. Some of you in this room have experienced that type of generosity. Where it's, you, you just, you're, you, you don't have much. And you're unsure of where to go or 
where to turn. And the choice you made was to turn to your church community. And they rallied around you and said, here's some extra. Here's something for you. And I want to tell you right now, if you're in this room and you've longed to experience that type of relationship, that type of generosity in your life, we want you to be a part of this church community. We want you to experience a people that are learning what it means to put give over get. Because when we look to make a difference in the lives of others, we will live such a generous life that people will ask why. And our simple answer to that why around here is three words. Because of Jesus. And when that's your answer, when things get tight and things get tough, and you have nowhere else to go but to a people that are learning what it looks like to follow the way of Jesus, you'll find a people, as John and others have said this morning, that they have your back. This widow was virt- had virtually nothing and yet was a giver. And this means that we can all please God with our giving just as much as the richest man can please God with his giving. Whatever we give sacrificially to God, he sees it and is pleased. The widow makes a spectacular contribution. God does see the amount of what you give. But Jesus also sees us when we give. And I want to take a step back here because Jesus turns the tables of evaluation. How does one measure giving? See, true giving aligns the bank account and the heart with God. As you look at your money, your finances, where you spend your money, we have to ask a very honest and uncomfortable question at times. Is where I put my money, does it align with the work that God wants to do in the world? I think oftentimes we tend to appreciate the amount of the gift not necessarily the sacrifice that went into the giving. See, it's never about purely the amount you give. It's about the heart in which you give it. And this is what that woman communicates. This widow, is he, she communicates a dependence on God that says, God, you are what I have. You are worth giving up the very few small pieces of money for you to invest in your temple, to invest in your kingdom. And she knows that when the Jewish community functions well, she'll actually be taken care of. And that's what's so powerful about when you choose to give to a local church community. is because you know that as you give and as you contribute, as you learn to live and love through your finances, at some point, you will be a person that's in need. And someone will give up their time, their energy, their gifts, or their skill set and come back and serve you. The proportional amount of sacrifice communicates the heart. The woman gives God her all. And so the value of a gift is determined by what it costs the giver. And this is what made the widow's gift so valuable. If we're honest, it's not sacrifice to give to God out of your extra. 
The others gave out of their abundance, talking about the scribes. The widow gives sacrificially out of her poverty. Let's go back to those three words, or four words, the first ones of two, for those of you who are keeping track and being like, he was wrong on that one. Look at that. Not enough, enough, or extra. What you can give has a lot less to do with how you perceive those phrases about what's in your bank account. Has a lot less to do with what's in your account. It's how you see what's there. If you see what you have as a generous gift from God, something that he has blessed you with, that you hold for a temporary time, that you know at the end of it, it all goes back to him, it's all his, and we can truly depend on him. You'll see the middle word, and it will jump out of the page, it'll jump out of your bank account again and again. You have enough, especially when you have Jesus. When you have Jesus, he is enough. So here's what I want you to do with those three words. I know finances may be tight for some of you, and you're like, Kyle, you keep talking about this, and I know that's what we're talking about, and give over, get. But I just want you to draw a big old square around that enough. And I want you to look at it. I want you to pray about it. And if you have to, write the two words on top of it that says, he is enough. He is enough. And he will give you enough. And it may not always come in the form of dollars and cents or a check. It may come in the form of someone in your life that has the skill set and the capacity to help you along in the journey. And that's why we need each other. That's why at Generations Church here, we talk about we're expanding God's family. Because we want everybody to be a part of the family. We want God to work so supernaturally that he can take people from different backgrounds, walks of life, experiences, and different financial statuses and bring them all together and say, this is my family, this is my church, and we want to invite you to be a part of that and experience that. Some of you right now are going, that sounds too good to be true. And you know what? You're right. It is too good to be true. You know why? Because there was a man who stepped out of heaven and walked on this earth and lived a perfect life and gave up his life for us. He gave it all so we could have a family and we could be reunited with our creator God forever. You don't have to do life alone. And it starts with give over get. And your priorities, being the type of person that gives over get just naturally in your character, being someone who says give over get in your relationships, with your skills, and lastly in your finances. See, this woman's generosity grows her heart towards God and others. It 
brings our alignment. And what we give to God deserves priority. We should not receive our leftovers. As is all too common, the leftovers mysteriously shrink and the size to take care of things that are actually not necessities. And when we give to God what is set aside from the first, we limit what we use for ourselves, and it develops not only a healthy recognition that our resources belong, first of all, to God, but it can also lead us to be more disciplined with what is left for us after we give. And the startling confrontation with our finances brings about our alignment. This widow did not see her money as a source of her security. She trusted God. And this is what the gospel demands. That we trust God. That we take an honest look at our finances. You've noticed in all this I've not told you what to give. The amount. Because again, the amount is not what's important. It's how you see your money. And as you understand what it looks like to walk with and follow Jesus, your generosity towards his kingdom and his church will grow. Some of you, we need to kind of take an x-ray to it, to your finances, to your budget, and see how out of alignment you are. Some of you, just kind of give passively what's ever in your purse or in your wallet when you show up to church. Just like when I go to the chiropractor, we set a plan in place to realign my back. We want to do, help you do the same thing here. Not because we need your money. Not because God, God can do supernatural things. He can bless us at every moment. We've had, we actually have churches and financial partners from all over the country who are investing in this church community because they believe in what God is doing here. But when you begin to grow your heart in generosity as you give to the church, it aligns. And you start to care about the things that the church does, the people that we're reaching. The people that sit here. And also you start to care about each other, care about the people that we see Monday through Saturday. And there's text messages and phone calls that say, hey, I met so-and-so at a gas station. We would love to be able to help them out. And I invite them to church or to connect with us. Or we met so-and-so. And they're in need. Does anyone know an electrician? Because we could rewire something in their house. Does anyone know a general contractor? And what happens as God grows our heart towards himself and other people, when we choose give over get. So I hope that in the start of Generation Church, those of you who've been around for a while and those of you who are new, that you hear that this value, that when we talk about this, doesn't just apply to you. It applies to the way in which we handle our finances as a church. It's a grid and a filter for how we do what and why we do what we do. Here's what you need to know. I think it'd be very just poor of me to talk about your finances in your pocketbook without in some ways talking about the church in its own. And so full transparency here. 10% of everything we, we bring in, we give to new church planting because we want to see God's family expanded. 
We want to see more people be part of the family. And one of the most effective ways to do that is through new church planting. And sometimes that comes in actual giving dollars to the organization we're partnering with. Sometimes it involves spending money on a resident or a church planter to bless them in tangible ways because we want to see God's family expanded. And here's, church, you have, you have done this. You have lived out, give, over, get well. Since October of 2019, as a new church with about this many people in the room that has grown significantly, we've given over $6,000 to help people with rent, gas, food, clothes. And if you remember, if you were here in October, we said it's not just about us. But it's about generations to come and expanding that family. So every single dollar that we brought in on a Sunday morning during our launch month in October, we gave away to four missions. And you believed in that. And each and every one of those missions received checks over $500 because we say, go get them. We've got your back. We want to see God's family expanded. Now, I mentioned some churches that are supporting us from afar. Well, the goal is to not solely be dependent upon them, but to see this church grow steadily year after year so that we can take care of our finances. Matt, go back to that last one. Last one. It's over the five years. And so this is kind of our five-year plan This with our finances as a church. In 2019, 10% of our general kind of budget, operating budget, came from internal ties and offerings, and 90% came from external external. And what we want to do is we want to see that stair step every single year. And as we do that, what that allows us to do is it means that the church as a whole is growing, is becoming more generous, is impacting people and seeing God's family expanded. And as we get to self-support, which is when it basically 100% of what we do as a church is funded from people here's generosity What's going to happen with that is that's going to be a really, really great day. But it doesn't mean we're done. Because the work is too important. We want to see more people and more churches planted and more people experience a culture of give, over, get. So we rely on the generosity of others. And we want to extend that generosity to others. And so I'm just going to, again, transparent, real, honest here. Matt, go ahead and go to that next one. I want to say great job, church. In October through December, you gave more as a church than was projected or what was anticipated. So good job. Way to be generous. If we're going to hit our target this year of that 70 and 30%, we need to see a weekly increase of about $300. Again, I present that to you. I'm not saying you got to hit that or else. I'm not, I'm not saying, um, like, if, you don't, if we don't hit that, we're going to stop doing things. All I can lay humbly before you is, are we going to be the type of church that puts give over get in every area of our life? And that includes our finances. And we hope that as you connect with us, as you see God at work in this church, that you will say, I want to further that vision. I want to see God's family expanded. 
because of Jesus for generations to come. So will you help us with that? And lastly, I, I just I want to be I want to give you some creative ways to give. And this this may be, seem like I just because I know some of you as you hear this you go, I'm at my, the end of my rope, I'm at the end, I'm not sure what I can do. There are two what I would say is creative ways that you can contribute to what's happening here at Generations Church financially. Matt, I think it's it's the next one. Let's let's go there. You can actually link your Fred Meyer rewards card. So when you go to Fred Meyer, that we get a percentage. You can link it to Generations Church. And if you have questions, mark that on your connection card, and we'll get you that information. So every time you shop, we get a percentage. Lastly, if you buy stuff off Amazon, I buy stuff off Amazon. Anybody else buy stuff off Amazon? I, I was a, now, here, here's the thing. If you go to Amazon.com and just purchase stuff, doesn't really do anything for Generations. But if you go to smile.amazon.com, and you set that as kind of your default Amazon purchasing thing, a percentage of, of what you purchase will come to Generations Church. And the reason I present these two options is because some of you right now in just the financial state you're in, you're like, how I, I, I want to give. I want to be generous, and I'm not sure how. I hope these two ways, through your grocery shopping and maybe some of the things you buy online, that you will be able to start the process of contributing. Not because we need your money, because we want to see your heart aligned with God. We want to see more people brought into the family because of Jesus.